Hi, everybody. This is Rich, along with Sam Becker and Todd Colley. And today we're going to do a deep dive on the largest grossing franchise built on the bedrock of daddy issues ever made, Star Wars. <laughs> Love it. Oh, gosh. We might as well just get it out of the way, right? I think it was Todd who said, let's just get these out quick and mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Let's just let's rip the Band-Aid off. Got to talk about it eventually. Um, I just want to say that I had put off doing my homework, and within the last 24 hours since I got done with work yesterday, I watched two the two missing Star Wars movies I have not seen to complete my gap. And I have opinions about both of them. One okay. surprising. Well, they're all surprising. I was surprised a lot. I found myself going, huh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that feels uh, like a fair so assessment. We want to start talking about what are the elephant in the room, the number one best Star Wars movie. I mean, it's Empire, yeah. It's Empire, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't agree that Empire is the best Star Wars movie, then you're wrong. There's there's just no middle ground here. No, I remember when Rogue One first came out, there was a lot of talk of, like, it might be as good as Empire. So, I mean... It's up there, but it's not. Like, I love Rogue One. I chose Rogue One as my movie that I love for this, but it's still not Empire. Right. No way. I mean, I was riding high off the movie theater of Rogue One. Oh, yeah. And, like, so, like, I was the guy where I was like, it's it's really good and then like after my after it you sit and then maybe rewatch it another time you're like all right we can bump it down a little bit it's not on empire level yeah but it's still worth it. but um yeah empire that's the perfect sequel yeah maybe yeah, yeah. talked about that i i rewatched all these actually in the last week <laughs> I, I, I just i decided why not and i just went through them all um and yeah basically a perfect sequel i think that's that's part of the reason why it's my favorite uh, in there, it expands on the world in really interesting ways. It like takes the characters you already like, does new stuff with them where you actually find them to be like deeper, more interesting characters, and it adds cool new characters as well. You get, you know, like Boba Fett, you get Lando, uh, you get these other characters added in, but you, you get to build on the ones that you already like. You get the uh, snow monster. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect, huh? You get the snow monster in the beginning. I don't. Space I don't remember what they're called. Space the only Yeti. part, the only the only part of the um, special edition that I actually think improves is you. I do like seeing the more Yeti. Monster. Yeah, I do. I I like. Yeah, I like seeing the snow mm -hmm. Yeti. Yeah. The only ones that I didn't watch this week uh, in prep for this were four, five. I watched six because one of you guys is doing it, but then four, five, and then seven and eight. Those are also the ones that I feel like I've seen the most. I actually, for me, I just watched the um the two that i was missing um and then work's just been crazy i started watching the movie i'm going to talk about for my least favorite and then i immediately went i have much better shit to do with my time right now <laughs> and then instead i watched when i couldn't sleep i watched the mr plinkett review on youtube instead um, <laughs> but i've seen i've seen them enough times where i feel pretty comfortable i did my time <laughs> yeah i've done um so should we just do our like rankings real quick of like our go through our list and then we'll each pick our first our let's go with our least favorite to talk about and then our favorite to talk about. Does okay. that sound good? So we're doing rankings first? Let's do rankings first. Okay. What's your okay. number one, Todd? Oh, are we going first through eleventh? Okay. Yeah. Uh for number one, I went with Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Empire. Yep. Same. Same with me. Same. Okay, so what's your number two? <laughs> <laughs> My number two is a new hope, Star Wars. I still think it's great. I think that that's, I, I, we're probably going to have very similar orders for most of the 
beginning of it. New Hope, one hundred percent. Actually, New Hope, sometimes depending on my mood when I watch it, um, is actually my favorite just because of the iconic X Wing in the you know that all that stuff just like really clicks with me, especially as a kid. I think my X Wing toy was my favorite toy I had. Probably. I think I'm going to be in the minority here. I I actually did Rogue One just a tiny bit above four. They're they're so close to one another, but I I edged it out just because Rogue One felt like a you know a more grown up Star Wars movie. I dig a movie that doesn't have a ton of Force stuff in it. That just you know has some stuff going on in the galaxy. Like that's the same reason I like Mandalorian is that you're allowed to have downtime in some of these. Sure. Uh, but number three is is A New Hope. So right back on track with you. Todd, what about your number three? Number three for me is Return of the Jedi, and all three are, are clustered pretty close. Yeah, I just have Jedi a little below the other two, but I'm pro Ewok. I love it. Yep, me too. Number three for me is also uh, Jedi. Uh, for my number four, I'm going to go with Force Awakens, um, which is probably not your guys' number four, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to me, it, I remember I was working a construction job and there was one other cool guy on my site and it, i remember watching that force awakens trailers and that pov shot it was i was so excited and it didn't let me down at like i, I was really i enjoyed it and i in re-watching i still enjoy it so i'm gonna go with force awakens for nothing else other than it makes me happy my fourth is return of the jedi just because rogue one slipped up the rank and then my fifth is force Wait, awakens i didn't do my fourth yeah don't bogart his fourth sorry sorry, sorry. i'm sorry Todd. <laughs> my fourth i'll just talk about it later so you can go back to your fifth in a second i'll talk oh, about it more later but my fourth is the hot take solo the star wars story now now we can have a conversation yeah i mean yeah we'll talk about that <laughs> nice. yeah, okay yes. so number five rick you want to do your number five my my number five is is force awakens oh okay uh i think my five then would be rogue one uh i, I after re-watching it it just for some reason it doesn't click with me as much as i did in the movie theater the cool part that was definitely a movie theater movie because i i remember how i felt leaving that theater jaw dropped and it was still really I mean, good watching at home but not quite the, the same. third act is great yeah the first and second i i think the second act is where it really kind of falls apart for me and i kind of like start doing laundry <laughs> not giving a shit but still a good movie just kind of it's not up it's not on the same par with those Todd? For number five, I have Star Wars The Force Awakens as well. I rewatched it. It's the only one that stayed the same. I actually changed a lot of my rankings in this re going through. Um, it's the only one that stayed around the same place. Remake of A New Hope, but A New Hope's a great movie to remake and plug in new pieces to. And the characters are really cool, and I like it. I think it's good. Uh, how about you give uh, your, your next one, Todd, since I, I jumped it earlier? Okay. No problem. So, this is kind of weird because a uh, little insight into the process. We uh, This was originally going to be the one that I put as the one I don't like. But when I rewatched it, I ended up liking it, uh, which is I put The Last Jedi in sixth place. Um, at the beginning, I, I get frustrated by two out of the three subplots in this movie. I, I really love the Rey and uh, Kylo stuff like a lot. I think it's some of the best Star Wars stuff. Um, and I enjoy a lot about this movie. Two thirds of the plot, though, kind of bother me in some ways, but it, they bothered me a little less this time, and a little less, and a little less each time. So I like that movie. Last it Jedi. gets better with age, I, I think. I think the more I watch it, um, I've seen it two and a half times now, mm -hmm. and 
get better. I, when I walked out of the theater, I was just kind of puzzled. I was like, oh, me too. What happened? Like, I wasn't angry, but I was confused. And me and my roommate at the time walked back to our apartment in Long Beach in quiet contemplation. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. It was a tough, it was a weird movie for Star Wars fans. Yeah. Deal with at the beginning. It was a challenging movie. It's like, I, yeah, like you're like, okay, so we're changing gears now. Right. Oh, okay, but are, are we ready for this? And right. then after that, we, okay, so. That's the thing is, like, even I actually, you know, I, I've liked this movie since the first time I saw it. And it is is also my number seven. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, it challenged we're you. On, like, it didn't go along with it. We're on six, though, right? Oh, yeah, we're shit. on six. Okay, my well, it's my seven. <laughs> okay. I'm getting confused here. Uh, my number six. Now, I, literally, because I just finished one of these movies um, earlier this morning, I kind of am like, my list is all it changed up in my head. So we did Rogue One. I guess I gotta go. I'm gonna go Last Jedi. Yeah, I think that's okay. mine. Yeah, I have to. I Solo was good, but it's I like Last Jedi better. Okay. And um, what's your six, Rick? Uh, my six was. Oh wait, that is my six. Sorry. Yeah, it was Last Jedi. I can't oh, count. Okay. I'm. <laughs> no problem. I'll have no. What'd you have as seventh, Rick? Uh, my seventh was the the third, the Revenge of the Sith of of the prequels stuck together the best for me. Do it, yeah. I do. I say do it all the time in that Palpatine <laughs> voice. Palpy, Palpy is full ham, and I love it. <laughs> Episode three has the part that I used to think is the worst part in Star Wars history, and I've started to just laugh every time and like it more. The part where Darth finds out, goes crazy, and breaks free from the machine oh, yeah. and yells, no! No! <laughs> right? Like, the, when I saw that in the theater, I think I made, I made an audible sigh that the theater could hear, and now I actually get excited for that part. I don't know why. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I was pointing that out to Liz. I was like, watch, this is up there for terrible scenes. And she's just like, what? Like, he, he said no. I was yeah, but nobody says no like that. Nobody says once in a generation, we get a garbage day. Yeah. And that was that generation. <laughs> I remember the first, that was like before memes, someone had like a webpage that was just Darth Vader holding a snow globe going, no. <laughs> My number seven was Rogue One. I think Sam talks about like how he does laundry during the second act. I do laundry during the first and second act. <laughs> so that's that's my thing with Rogue One. I still actually kind of like it though. I would say I like all but three of these films. You know, it's just the reason that I rate it a little bit lower. I agree, it's a more adult film, but strangely, like I don't I don't necessarily want that from Star Wars. So I think it just it doesn't work for me in the same way that it works for a lot of people. I actually um yeah I, I agree. Like I said, every time I watch that movie, it changes my mm -hmm. opinion. But I agree with the fact that I kind of want my um, Star Wars to be a little bit more uh, fantasy, like fantasy and maybe less adult. Like I, I don't need to have an adult. But then Mandalorian has kind of changed my opinion on some of that. Because some of those scenes are badass as hell um, and brutal. So, so part um, of what changed my opinion with the pacing of Rogue One is I, I saw it in a new context, which is that Rogue One starts out as a heist movie, 100%. The first act is the, the typical heist building the crew montage, and then the heist happens partway through the second act, and then there's more shit to do, and that's when we like enter war movie slash space western, and everything hits the fan. Okay, okay. So then I think for this one, again, like it's always changing. I think I'm going to go, I guess I'll go solo. I, here's the thing. I walked into Solo this morning. I just finished it, Todd. This is my fourth time trying to watch Solo, and I fell asleep all the first uh, three 
opening time. But I walked into this movie wanting to hate it, especially after last night seeing Rise of the Rise of Skywalker, being like, "All right, let's just get this horrible shit over with, so I can do this podcast." Right. <laughs> and then found myself after about fifteen or twenty minutes. It was really the train scene that took it over for me. That I was mm-hmm. like, okay, and it kind of flipped over. I was like, all right, I'm actually really enjoying it, and I enjoyed myself the whole rest of the movie. So once I got over that initial hurdle, I actually had a really good time with it. And I'm cool. looking forward to your analysis. Yes, I'm excited. Okay, so eight, hey, Richard, what's your eight? I, I kind of agree with you. I lump uh, Rise of Skywalker and Solo together because they're the last two movies. I think my issue with them are kind of the same. Solo and Nine sit about the same for me. And like, sure. I can never decide which one's this place and which one's the place after. But for, for argument's sake, I'm going to say that Nine edged out solo ever so slightly in my opinion and i know that that's controversial uh but yeah so 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 nine was mine dot for number eight i have revenge of the sith i think it's the best of the prequels low bar that's about it i I find it it it, that final scene is actually pretty iconic i like i know since we're not talking about this movie i'll just touch on it for a second i i I like that final scene i love the i i have the high ground i like all that stuff the dramatic work for me. I I like the fight. It's uh it's pretty decent. It's the one that's grown on me the most. So one yeah. of the things that sticks out to me with like the prequels is you know you think about the timing that they came out and it was also about the time that HD TVs were leading the market. The way that I feel about the prequels is everything in the background is really busy and dramatic and everything is is trying focus on everything rather than the director telling you what to focus on in the scene. And like it, I, some of them, the scenes just feel like, oh, you're trying to sell HD TVs and like that taking that in makes the the prequels make more sense to me, but it's also what kind of bothers me about them. They're <laughs> nauseating almost. Yeah. The biggest thing about Revenge of the Sith is like, don't fight near lava. Who the fuck does a sword fight near lava? See, see a similar note on on number nine for fighting in the waves. I'm going to um bring this up on mine, um the one I talked about my least favorite, and I think it's a problem with all the prequels, and three does not escape it. Too money too much lightsaber. The lightsabers are mm-hmm. a problem in all the yeah, who knew that adding more lightsabers to a scene could make it boring? Yeah, and also less so in episode one. I feel like it still has, they still have some weight to them with that dark, small fight scene. When we get later on, it just, they just throw all sense of physics out the fucking window. Oh yeah, as, as soon as Clone Wars <laughs> picks up, or uh, Attack of the Clones picks up, like, there's just lightsabers everywhere. And it's just like, okay, you're just adding animator hours yeah. now. Uh, yeah, my next pick is going to be uh, Revenge of the Sith. It is the best of the prequels. Um, it's not great, obviously, but it does like does its job. There, like, I do think that last, like, him and um Obi Wan, Anakin and Obi Wan, um, that last bit of dialogue, that exchange they have, is does its job. You know, like there was times where I felt like, hey man, I'm kind of bummed. I just felt bad for Obi Wan. Ewan McGregor is a good actor, and he acted the shit out of that scene. Um, all I have to say about hating Christensen is I painted his house for one day. He hired me to come in and like fix up a, a company that um he was building a new mansion and he ha- hired me to go- come and do some touch-up work for him he's a very nice man that's it <laughs> acting wise <laughs> well as, as someone who didn't paint hayden christensen's house i i am kind of concerned with them bringing him back for for the vader yeah. series so this felt like an opportune time to like make a changeover but hopefully i'm wrong house in studio city yeah. So I'm happy he's able to pay it off, hopefully with this. Yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah, I don't really I don't know if I'll be tuning into that show. I might have to bail out of that one. Good for you. <laughs> so are we on eight? 
still? Has everyone done eight? Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll do my nine. My nine is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And I know we'll talk about this uh, a little bit more. Uh, I'll just say it's still not that good for me. And I think pod racing should be like a euphemism for scene that's way overrated. Like we should, you know, like if a scene is overrated, you should be like, that's like the podcast. That's like the pod racing scene. Sorry, like the pod racing. Podcast works too for overrated. Podcast works. No, 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 no. no. Pod <laughs> racing. Pod racing is what I meant to say. I think pod racing should be a euphemism for a scene that's overrated in a movie. Like, oh, it's a total pod racing scene. That's sure. how overrated I think that particular part of it is which at the time was like the cultural phenomenon around it was like, oh my God, the pod racing scene is great. Right, groups right. doing a voice of a talking head. Why yes. not? <laughs> Actually, that's my, I'm, I'm on the same page with you, Tom. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I, I never thought it was the worst of the movies. Like, and obviously I was in fourth grade when that movie came out. So I was prime, had all the toys before the movie even came out, waited in line at Taco Bell. I saved all my Pepsi cans because they had the characters on it. Like I saved all the empty Pepsi cans and told my dad, like, that shit's gross as hell. You got to throw that out. And like, yeah. might have thrown a fit. But <laughs> I, um, I'd still feel like a dick when, when episode one came out. I went to a kid's birthday party or before it had come out and I'd given him a Jar Jar action figure because before you heard him talk, looked like he could be cool. And they were definitely like putting him everywhere. And then afterwards, I'm like, well, man, I'm glad that that kid wasn't a close friend or anything because <laughs> yeah, I might have to apologize. What about you, Rich? Where are you at? Uh, I, my next one is Solo. I, I still like Solo, but one of my big gripes for both Nine and Solo is that both of them feel like somebody made a checklist of scenes that have not been included in Star Wars but have been mentioned in previous Star Wars and then just went right on down the line ticking every box and that's just it like there's a lot of like fan you know moments where I'm like oh that's cool why did we need this like why couldn't this just be like a mystery and add nuance and depth to the story that's not the Chewie scene Chewbacca that takes way too long Get your, I'm like we don't need to see this shit yeah. if you were just to say chewy I'd get it it's like if, if I were like Richard or the next scene I was like Rich you want to go why is he calling him Rich now <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> this solo slander is hurting me. We'll talk about it. <laughs> that, that's fine. We'll get to it. Uh, what did you have for your next one, Sam? Oh, oh wait. Uh, did, did we do Todd? No, oh, we did not. We got Todd. For, for what? For 10 or 9? I think or, 9. I did my 9. Yeah, oh, episode so we're on 1. 10. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so we're on 10. So, all right. 10, I've got I'll 2. Do, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my 10. Rise of Skywalker. It's this movie. This is, are we, is anybody talking about Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I am. Okay. Well, I'm sure we have a lot of the same points. I watched this movie last night and I was putting it off for, well, I don't know how many years has it been out now? A year and a half? Something like yeah. that? Um, Two years? No, one year. No, I think it came out at the end of 19. So yeah, a year and a little bit of change. It was in the before times. Though, yeah. So in, the, long ago. <laughs> in the long, long ago. Back yeah. when you could go to movies. Yeah. <laughs> and Or not go to movies because you're like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I put it off for a long time. I thought it wasn't as bad as I, I did I listened to all the spoilers like that same week because I just kind of was like I already know I'm not gonna like this um I had a feeling felt it in the force um but we could talk more about it Todd but I just wanted it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be but yeah it's it's my number 10 I don't know what else to say there's one worse than it that's that's my 10 
I chose Attack of the Clones because, man, that movie's a mess, but it, it there's a couple scenes in the center of it that, like, are almost worthy of existing, but then there's so much just weird stuff that happens in that movie that, yeah, you, that's the one you're talking about, right, Sam? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll dig into some of this stuff when, when that comes up. All right, uh, Todd? For 10. For 10, I had Return, uh, or I have Rise of Skywalker. Um, I can't even lie and pretend like it's the worst, even though I'm talking about it as the worst. Uh, because I do hate one more, but Sam's talking about it. Uh, so, <laughs> so Rise of Skywalker, I'll talk about why I hate it when we do the extended. Yeah. Uh, so for my worst attack of the clones, I saw this movie three, I'll go into it more, but I saw this movie three times in the movie theater. And I think that was like, um. Dramatic experience. Well, I think it was one of the first times experiencing disappointment in a film and realizing that not every film is great because you're a little kid and I probably was in like fifth or sixth grade. And then you have that moment where it's like, huh, uh, I'll, I'll try it again. I'll try it again. And then being like, huh, <laughs> maybe the third time. And then being like, God, oh, no, this movie sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my least favorite. There, and I'll go into why I hate that damn movie. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. What about you, Rich? Uh, my mine is Phantom Menace. I just I cannot connect in that with that movie. I I think Darth Maul w was cool in the three and a half minutes that he's in, in that movie for. But uh, other than that, yeah, just I don't know. I, I I may be a dick, but the the kid who played Anakin just like gets under my skin, and I just can't stand him. Dude, if you think Hayden Christensen's bad, yeah. that Jake Lloyd or whatever. Look, man, sorry, he proved one thing. On a little kid, but <laughs> he proved that bullying works. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, I know. I'm a bad person. Like this is this is not news. <laughs> but my actual last last spot is is always going to be the Christmas special. Twenty minutes of just straight Wookie talk. No, thank you. I don't know, man. You uh, you put yourself in the right mood. Uh, it might be. I don't even think that there's enough weed in California to, to get me <laughs> into the right mood for that. Oh shit. All right, Todd. I already did. I already did mine. Right. God, no. Attack of the Clones. Oh no, I didn't. Attack of the Clones. I think yeah. it. I think it's like even a a cut below the the whole the other ones that aren't that great. I, I really disliked it. Even upon rewatch, I liked it better and still dislike it a lot. That's that's where it is. Yeah. For me. That's yeah. that's fair. I mean, I I revisited it. I like I said, I couldn't get myself to finish it. I was. Um, I rewatched it a couple of years ago and like watched the whole thing. And it's almost, I don't know, there, there almost needs to be like a class pod on it of like what the hell happened to George <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> no, but we can get into that later. So, okay, so that's our ranking. Um, okay, welcome back. I guess there's no other better way to do it. Let's just dive in. Uh, so, so before we do our deep dive, I, I want to air a gripe or two about the entire franchise, which what better time to talk about it than a Star Wars podcast. One, name a bigger franchise that uses this many fucking wipe transitions. Jesus Christ, it looks like a boomer PowerPoint presentation, not a hundred million dollar set of pictures. Must just be nostalgia, right? Because the first one had so many of it that they're trying to keep a motif going. It has to be because nobody else would sign off on this. Every once in a while, there'll be a good one. But then, like, they just really, really drive it into the ground in a couple of these pictures. I get doing it, like, if you're going to a new destination or something like that, like, oh, like one or twice per film, just so I go, ha, look at that. You know, it's like the POV cockpit I was talking about with Force Awakens. Like, yeah. the first time you see it, it's like, oh, I remember that. Awesome. Thank you. It just, eventually, it feels like the Chang PowerPoint presentation from Community. 
I'm waiting for George to pull an egg out of the. Uh, the other gripe I have is thinking about the Jedi's themselves. As as I've gotten older, my my opinion of the Jedi has has changed, and I maybe developed. I don't know. But when I think about them now, I I think about the Jedi like they're like Navy SEALs. It's it's an impressive job for sure, and they do some important stuff. But most of the world's problems are being solved by neither Jedi nor Navy SEALs. It is a very specific set of of skills, and being a Jedi doesn't make you a likable person. <laughs> wow. wow, I don't know. <laughs> like how they get treated in the galaxy obviously they are deserving of some respect but if you watch these movies the jedi let a lot of people down and aren't even kind of apologetic about it i guess i was coming at it from more of a melodramatic good versus evil not, not thinking about it too hard but yes i guess you are correct the <laughs> we put a little bit too much faith in them i guess i i can launch into my least liked one on on this note which is the line in phantom menace when qui-gon uh, liam neeson is, is just like oh yeah by the way you're not a slave anymore good news just completely missing the context of that information as you're telling a kid oh you're free oh by the way your mom's not jedi's one point <laughs> is that the famous yippee <laughs> I, I don't think that was it. it it just lines like that stick out so much in the prequels and there's so many of them yeah. like that's why most of the prequels are at the the bottom of my list like somehow three escapes it for a little bit for my my least favorite phantom menace there there are a lot of gripes and i feel like i wrote more about the one that i didn't like than the one that i did yeah. stuff like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've embraced this aspect of my personality when I watch one, I, I think about things. If only they had developed Natalie Portman's character as much as they developed her hairstyles. She goes through like 30 hairstyles in this movie and is the same one note. I'm, I'm sure that this gets flushed out a bit uh, in, in Clone Wars, but I didn't watch Clone Wars. I have a thing where it's like, I like like additional material sometimes. Like, you know, some of the Alien comic books are pretty rad. Oh, yeah. Um, I like some of the Star Wars games, but I don't want to have, I don't want to have to read the novelization in order to have more respect for the movie. The movie, that shit should just stand on its own merit. And if you get bonus content on top of that, hey, right on, man. Like the mm -hmm. Hellraiser movies, those comic books are better than the movies, so I'm not going to go, well, technically Hellraiser 5 is pretty awesome because of the comic books. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's yeah. the movie stuff. <laughs> I mean, it rocks, but it's, you know, so. I was going to say, emphasis on it rocks. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also, like, all three prequels really do a good job of explaining why hair and makeup should be considered separate things, because the costume design and makeup in this movie is great. What the fuck is with the Jedi hair design? When did Rat Tails ever become an, an okay thing? What did Ewan do to George to deserve that? I had a rat tail when I was a really, really little kid, and I'm not proud of it. And uh, I kind of wish I didn't admit it just now. So let's move on. <laughs> well, that's going to live forever. This is the internet. <laughs> but yeah, also things that stick out about this movie, the giant, super high-budget uh, snowball fight from the Gungans, while at the same time, they have a shield generator that goes on the back of creatures, but then they turn on that shield and then stop moving and let the tanks just aim at them. <laughs> like... Yeah, okay. So George Lucas wrote this one, right? He wrote all the prequels with no help. That guy can't be in charge. He's, he's too much of <laughs> yes man yeah well, what we learned is that george needs help i i want to talk about something that is in all the prequels but really like even as a kid bothered me. um and I, we're talking little kids even bothered me so it always bothered me the smoothness of the ships and the all like the 
the concept art of this when he showed all the smooth round surfaces someone should have gone no george it doesn't make any you know what i mean <laughs> like, uh, like, i actually have as one of my notes on this movie all the the ships look like stupid boats yeah i mean like and here's the thing if george lucas wanted because they all look like 1950s stars right yeah like everything's got that smooth like day like tomorrow future like world of tomorrow kind of shit um if George Lucas wanted to make another sci-fi property where he could flex his American graffiti, like, love mm-hmm. old 50s cars and, like, paint jobs and shit like that, you can do that. You're allowed to do more than one, like, genre, like, like a film in that genre. thing. You don't need to, like, push it into your Star Wars. You could just be like, hey, maybe the reason why it was so charming was because they did look like these ratty old punks of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it always bothered me. That, even as a kid, that bothered me. Also, someone should have told George somewhere along the way, uh, maybe every alien race shouldn't be a thinly disguised racist trope. Because, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of that in this. The Trade Federation's coded Asia, like, not even coded. It's no, yeah, no, it's, it's just that, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's no subtext there. It's just text. Uh, oh. Like in, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like Breakfast of Tiffany's level. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's not just the, like the Gungans, Watto. You look for it, and there is a uncomfortable portrayal by an alien somewhere in these these movies. Like, I feel like they got a little bit better about that uh, in in the new movies. But yeah, like in the prequels, rewatching them, I was just like, Ugh. yeah. A couple of things stick out to me about like this movie, and it's like two separate things. Like one is this is the movie that does the worst job of having fights feel like they have high stakes. And I know there's story reasons for that, but like seeing these droids get killed is the least impactful experience ever. And I didn't see these as a kid. Like I am the the, the oldest of the three of us, the the elder who deserves respect. I guess uh, three of us. Um, But when I saw this in college, even then I remember thinking like, what the hell? Like I can't, I don't feel this in any way. It doesn't really matter as much. There's at least slightly higher stakes in the other movies. The second thing is I used to think that the Darth Maul fight was cool. Darth Maul was kind of a cool character. I used to think the Darth Maul character was cool until I started watching a bunch of like actual fight films with really good fight choreography. And then you realize, like, it's not even that great of a fight. It's like a kind of okay fight, but it could be so much more dynamic and interesting. I don't know. Ray Park just likes doing backflips. That's that's really all there is to, to, to Darth Maul is that Ray Park likes doing flips. Yeah, it's just a film where even the parts people say are good aren't that good. Since we're talking Darth Maul, also, what the hell is up with these laser doors that just inconveniently close and serve no other purpose in the movie other than to slow down a Jedi fight? (laughs) What kind of ship design is this? A core reactor? Yeah. Right. (laughs) That that is not OSHA approved. (laughs) You got to have at least a couple of signage, some railing. He's going to go back and digitally add like the stripy yellow and black tape around the edges. And you know, okay. So I was the youngest and like I hinted at earlier when I was younger. Okay. So you had said, here's the thing, podcast or pod racing. I just said podcasting too. Uh, pod racing is, it was a cool idea. I actually don't, I don't hate the pod racing. I think that's the only thing in that movie I still kind of like. And I can't I can't tell if it's because I actually enjoy that scene or if it because it reminds me of playing the N64 game at my buddy Ben's house. And See, the, the game gets a pass. Yeah, the, the movie, no. Yeah. I, can, I Yeah, I mean, there's so much like the Bulba, uh, but I, I want to like it, but I think it's just misplaced love of the game. Yeah, I, I did notice that on the watch through. I was like, is that Greg Proops? <laughs> like, 
Sure is. In all his glory. So that was what I picked for for my hate. How about Todd? You chose number two, right? You know, Sam chose number two. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I might as well. Sam <laughs> should oh, yeah. All right. Attack of the Clones. Aside from like the fact that this movie is it's overly busy and yet managed to be extremely poor. Like there's so much happening on every square inch of this scene, of every scene, and yet I couldn't give a shit less about anything that happened in it. It's also one of the ugliest, not just ugliest Star Wars movies, just one of the ugliest movies. I mean, you think about. I understand that like Lucas was trying like all digital, you know, a lot of blue, like mostly digital backgrounds. So there's not a lot actually happening in scene with these people. Um, that I don't even know if it's the technology wasn't there yet, or if it was just like. Man, none of it worked. None of it worked. There's okay. I'm gonna go talk about three scenes where the CGI is so bad that it literally, even as a kid, I went that looks fucking horrible. One, when Padme's sleeping and the like venomous slugs are like crawling on her, and he hits it with a lightsaber. That I was just like, wow, that looks weird. Like it, it took me out of the movie. That whole the diner scene with the I can't remember his name. You guys know. Yeah, yeah. The fifties. Going back to, like, dude, if you want to make American Graffiti in space, do it. Don't make it a Star Wars movie. Um, and then also the the scene when him is back on Naboo and he rides that gigantic kick, that is one of the worst-looking shots of any movie ever. And this movie has so much money behind it. How the fuck did that get past the cutting room floor? <laughs> well, yeah, the, the diner scene that you yeah. mentioned, like, it doesn't fit in Star Wars at all. And, like, it oh. sticks out so bad. And and like the trope, wait, can we just end the the trope of assassins using bugs to to assassinate people? That would doesn't seem like it would work well in any time period in any configuration. Just stop. Hey, you cut a hole in the glass. Shooter. Yeah. Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> but that might actually work. Yeah, it's like it's not like they're not going to be like, oh, it's natural causes. Why? What's this vampire bite on her neck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh man, I thought that we had gotten rid of all those deadly slugs. Uh, guest housekeeping oh, needs a needs a note. Yeah. The other weird thing that stuck out with me or to me in this movie is is towards the end when they're tied to the post and they're like, okay, we're gonna have this thing maul Padme, but it's gonna be like sexy mauling. We're just gonna turn it into a midriff shirt with like one scratch across the back. And, and that goes into my lightsaber. Uh, but, but I guess when they go to the clone planet and you get to meet Jango Fat, it, that that's the only part of that movie that I think the, the design actually looks somewhat interesting. The you know the water planet and it's like this little colony on it. I'm like, okay, it's dark, it's pretty. At least at least it has some character. Coruscant is one of the most boringly, extremely busy. Just like it's just it's nothing. So much noise that yeah. it, you don't even care. I you can't even pay attention to the story because there's just twenty trillion taxi cabs growing past your eyes and every every dimension is just so full that you're just like dude i i don't want i'm done (laughs) but then sorry you go no it's fine i've what's interesting is i i completely agree with you in one of the film clubs i'm in which is all ages i've noticed that a lot of like the younger generation seems to actually like this more crowded digital feel to it i think in part just because they grew up with it so it just like the same way I feel all all warm inside in the last Jedi when it when they used a puppet for Yoda instead of a oh. uh, you know CGI, right? The same way I did that, you have to think about a whole generation that grew up with just digital effects. 
and like are like that sort of stuff and what's funny is I find myself sometimes getting in arguments with younger people about whether this movie looks good and believe it or not there's like this kind of subculture that loves this movie and thinks that it actually looks amazing which I find just bizarre because to me it's not a good looking movie it's like a headache yeah it's super busy it like it violates the central tenet of being a director which is that you're supposed to decide what the audience is looking at you're supposed to determine what's important and it can't be everything it looks like a video game to me and i wonder if maybe that's where the generational comes in as well whereas like Mm -hmm. i grew up with nintendo 8-bit nintendo and like if you grew up with a playstation 4 or a playstation 3 and it's just like man your video games look better You're, you're just more accustomed to that hd cg world you're like i guess you can get like it tucks you away easier for me i just like man it drives me crazy Mm -hmm. and then going back to yoda man that first fight scene that you see in this movie yes talk about (laughs) unnecessary unnecessary (laughs) horseshit yoda doesn't need to fight yoda i never needed to see yoda with the lightsaber didn't need it it still don't I, i i won't watch that scene him fighting dooku in the cave is watching him flip around it it looks I don't even know what to say it looks like. It looks like a blur to me. It looks like a waste of Christopher Lee is what it looks like. Yes, dude. (laughs) Never has an actor been more squandered in any series than Christopher (laughs) Lee as Count Dooku. It's so funny to watch that scene and think about what it must have looked like absent any of the effects being added (laughs) in. And then you just feel so bad for Christopher Lee. (laughs) Dude, I don't do that. If I had the ability to, I would love to take Christopher Lee and just like chrome key him out and just have him standing on like a blue platform going. Well, I, I can see him. He, he goes over to the crafty and you know, this movie might be bad, right? Like, <laughs> like everybody else is just fawning over George Lucas and Christopher Lee is like, I've been making movies for a while. I'm going to be a stinker. Yeah. He's like, this reminds me of how I felt on the howling too. <laughs> hey, now I still like the howling too. <laughs> The, the other thing with this one is that chase scene in the beginning as he's trying to get the assassin, that felt so yeah. much like George Lucas just watched Fifth Element and was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty yeah. obvious. Like, I don't know if that's stealing technically. Yeah, it, oh, it really is like, because no other planet has that sort of like density of spacecraft. None of them look like any of the other ships. Everything just felt like it was a copy and paste job. And then the lightsaber battle. You're right. I, the, you know, obviously they're like, hey, maybe Natalie Portman should have some sexual feelings for Count Lucas. It's like it's the closest they ever came back to Slave Leia costume, which right. you know, get rid of it. Yeah, just get rid of it. It's not necessary. But you want to talk about overuse of lightsabers? If everybody has lightsabers and everybody's wielding them like crazy and are indestructible like badasses, it takes away the power of a lightsaber. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if everyone's using them and flipping around like crazy and just going to town, it takes away the impact every time. If they, instead of like when they turn on a lightsaber, and this is actually something I think that the new movies actually got right. The lightsabers feel like there's, there's weight to them. When Kylo Ren swings the lightsaber, you feel like if it hits something, it's going to make an impact. In these movies, it literally looks like someone's running, like a little kid's running around just pretending it's in their hand, which. Right, right. This movie, it makes sense where, oh, maybe this is why they were like, okay, let's let's have less lightsabers. Let's go to blasters. This this is far, far less visually busy. Yeah. 
And I, I agree with you that they're they're used better in the uh, the sequel series, with the exception of Ray's final lightsaber, the gold one. That it's just like, oh man, this is just some merch. <laughs> this this is to sell the gold lightsaber that did nothing in the movie. And <laughs> well, isn't it because I'm sorry, no, isn't Rich um, Todd? Aren't you doing Rise of Skywalker? Mm-hmm. I will hold off on that. Okay. Okay. I actually kind of like. But yeah, anyway, that's all I need to say about you. I, what else is there to say? Looks like shit. The move, I, the, I didn't even touch on the plot. Who gives a shit? There's clones. <laughs> they secretly make it clones. It's good they attack. Yeah, gives a shit. That's my whatever. Attack of clones. I like that. Nice. So I'll do mine. Mine is Rise of Skywalker. Um, this is interesting about this is I think what the Force Awakens did was give us new characters that were genuinely interesting. Like, to me, Ray was an interesting character. Finn was an interesting character. Poe was an interesting character. I wanted to see what they were going to do. And then Last Jedi kind of, without going into too much, like, messed with the formula a little bit, changed the story, and it left with a blank slate, basically. Uh, like, I, I just think it's so convoluted and dumb. There's a lot I dislike about it, but I would say the biggest things that bother me are why on earth bring Palpatine back and why on earth make Ray a Palpatine and create this horrible, horrible, in my opinion, last act with just horrible looking uh, Emperor and these weird kind of fights that seem meaningless. Uh, to me, this is just a bad movie. Um, I have a couple specific points, but uh, let me go to y'all. Uh, what do you think about this movie? I want to talk about the Palpatine thing. Yes. So you want okay. Oh, before I go into my criticism, I'll, I want to say a positive note. I actually really like the Sith planet, the dark, creepy temple, like all the statues. I like that where Palpy was sitting, where my where my Palpster was at. Um, I thought it looked cool. I like, but I also like dark shit. I don't know. It looked like metal album. Um, that's but, fair. I will admit I did not like the way the planet looked, but valid enough. That's fine. Yeah. Having said all that, that's my positive. So I said something nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> making Ray a Palpatine is about the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. The day yeah. that I think it was like two days after the movie came out, I was listening to a podcast and I was just like, "Am I gonna do spoilers?" I'm like, "I'll do spoilers." And they're like, "And they're like right off the bat, they're like, holy shit, Ray's a Palpatine. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a movie." And I'm like, "Yeah, that is stupid as hell." Which, A, means Palpy is fucking at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to think about that, but yeah. And it's like, or did he clone? I don't know. It it, it brings up so many unnecessary questions when it's just like, the last Jedi handed you actually something really cool, which is she's a nobody. Anybody can be a Jedi. Right. That's my, I just wanted to talk. I wanted to at least say one nice thing about it. So continue. No, that is, (laughs) that is, one of the best parts in The Last Jedi, it's the thing that I loved the first time I watched The Last Jedi was that part when he's like, your parents, they were filthy. You know, like, they, and, you know, basically she she is not from royalty. It was refreshing to me. I loved that she wasn't related to somebody. And then they're like, eh, we're out of ideas. Yeah, we'll just go back and do this. She's a Palpatine. That'll be interesting. She has to inherit some sort of energy from Palpatine. Why not? And let's create some crap that nobody cares about. Like the Wayfinder, I get that all of Star Wars is made up, but that feels more made up 
than other made up stuff in Star Wars. If that makes <laughs> sense, like the Wayfinder kind of feels like the sort of thing like Dora the Explorer would look for. Like instead of like in this sort of film, that's one part of it that I I hated as well. Dude, I I've never I again I just saw it last night. The Wayfinder is so unnecessary. I like yep. you don't need. I mean, it's been well documented. There's two MacGuffins in this fucking movie. Oh yeah, the, the, dagger, the dagger of MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, but here's all you have to do because they've already established, and this is something I didn't really love in Last Jedi, is that Ray and um, Kylo Ren can like actually kind of like met, like almost teleport, you know, where they can interact with each other. Literally, he was told to kill her. He would have wanted her to go there, and he like, why didn't you just do that right off the bat? Get rid of all the MacGuffin shit, and then they she can just go. He's over here, and then they fly there. And then you can skip a whole bunch of bullshit, and then the movie can breathe a bit. But that's just my opinion. What do you think, Rich? So I think the main change that would make me accept this movie, if it was a video game, I would have been totally fine with it. But as a multi-hundred million dollar picture, I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, like the the dagger of Darth MacGuffin always comes to mind. Like I apparently lost my notes on this one, even though I took them. That stuck out so bad. What is the purpose of any of this? Also, they made a plan for the crashed Death Star because they were just hanging around. Oh, let's have all of our ships on a planet that you can't take ships off of. Just there, there are so many weird choices. But like there are a couple like genuine fan servicey moments that I liked, and that's why I feel like if it was a video game or a tabletop game, I'd be all about it. But as a movie it just it didn't hit right i will say i like the little like depressed droid he's one of my favorites oh yeah 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 the very marvin's amazing yeah. yeah yeah no thank you uh the no thank you but yeah the um there is a little scene in there that is supposed to be meant for like dramatic effect that is just comical even though i i it's fan servicey that part at the end where they think no one's gonna show up and then all of a sudden they they hear Lando over the you know remote saying like, "But you're not alone." And then they pan up, and there are approximately 18 million ships on the screen at one time that they show that have all of a sudden showed up out of nowhere. Does anybody remember? This yeah. Scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, how do they all show up all of a sudden? But from a ship standpoint, this movie does deliver on ships because it has all of them. every notable ship from the Star Wars universe in at least one scene. But yeah, like there's just a lot of mess. The thing with Kylo reforging his helmet, there's a thing called, I think it's Kintsuke. It's a type of fixing Japanese pottery. It's all I could think of when they weld his helmet back together. Because this is the thing where if you break a tea glass, you weld it back together with like gold colored lacquer. I'm, I'm sure that they were trying to play it for badass Kylo Ren, but instead I'm thinking teacup. I will say that my biggest disappointment with this whole like kind of franchise in terms of where it went, since we're this is the only negative really talk that we're doing about the sequels, is uh, there was some really, really, really great chemistry between Poe Dameron and uh, Finn. Oh, yeah. And everyone knows what everyone was thinking about that. And this 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 franchise had a chance to go someplace really courageous and didn't go there. And instead, in the last movie, just had them kind of bro it up. There's a lot yeah. of just like <laughs> patting each other on the chest sort of scenes. And they make sure to kind of imply that Finn wanted to tell Ray that she loved him, you know, like and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Um, I'm not saying I, I don't understand why they didn't do that, but I'm also saying it's one of those things that was out there 
and so many people wanted it, so I at least wanted it to mention it in a Star Wars sort of film. They had a chance to go more courageous than a couple kissing. But in they the had background. two, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, but they had two ladies kissing in the background. I know, so that. <laughs> here my who fucking airdrops in cavalry unit? That ship would smell yeah. awful. No, 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 there's nothing to jam. Yeah, that's, that's a bad. <laughs> they brought warthog horses. Uh, well, I mean, we could. Can we obviously the Chewbacca like misdirect? I guess where it's like yeah. he must have yeah. been in a different ship. That had to be reshoot because I'm sure they're like, wait, so we're we just saw Chewbacca blow up, but now he's being tortured. How about you just have him being captured? Yeah, you don't even have to do that. Like, right. I think they showed it to a focus audience, and there turns out people like Chewbacca. <laughs> They'll give him a medal at the end of the yeah. movie too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Of all the fan service in any of the Star Wars universe, I think my favorite fan service was Chewbacca being given a medal. Yeah. That's actually, that's up there. That needs to be a list that somebody creates at some point as best fan service moments. That for me is one of the best because even as a kid watching Star Wars, I always felt bad that Chewbacca didn't get a medal. So I was I was very excited about it. Okay, Even speaking, of fan, speaking <laughs> of fan service, I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I'm sure anybody with the internet will definitely let me know, I'm pretty sure the reason why Ray had a yellow lightsaber was because Leia had a yellow lightsaber in the mm. secondary context. Oh, so no, I, I don't have a problem with Ray having a lightsaber. Just do something with it. I didn't get, they should have uh, had Leia's lightsaber or Luke's be broken, and then the second one that she busts out be that. Just as it uh, stood, I just didn't like that. And also, that moment just felt like a grade school retort of, I'm all the Jedi. I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Babu Frick, though, hey. Yeah. Babu Frick, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's awesome. he, He's my <laughs> oldest friend. Babu Frick is my favorite all- digital character in the star wars universe, yeah I think. yeah i'll go th- i'll go there like yeah there, there there were a couple like okay moments in this movie just overall it's a huge mess <laughs> like, yeah it, it, there's so many like you could get rid of the lady from felicity with carrie russell mm-hmm. she doesn't yeah. be in it the other uh the horse lady who like kind of has a love thing with finn you think uh what about the hobbit that shows up oh. <laughs> I, I can't remember the actor's oh, name yeah. but he's one of the hobbits oh uh yeah yeah um yeah it's a mess it's it's a real mess i don't like it i could see someday me ironically loving attack of the clones and this becoming my least favorite film i'm not there yet but i really don't like this film at all i actually i found myself having some fun with it but like the same way i had fun watching cats you know what I mean? Where it's like, but also like, I have been hearing for a year how bad it was, and I'm like, it's like competently made, sure. Like it doesn't look terrible, and there's like, it's just all story, it's all script, and it's just it's. You want to talk about throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks, man? You you busted up that drywall pretty bad, man. I don't know. You you should have stopped a while ago. <laughs> you know, like, well, I I think that it just came in to prove that George Lucas isn't the only one who can make poor decisions with this franchise. <laughs> Welcome to the group, J.J. Abrams. Okay, well, we're running out of time here, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and do our favorites cool. and wrap her up. Um, welcome back. All right, now we're going to do our uh, talk about some of our favorite Star Wars episodes. This is going to be a long one, obviously, longer than a normal episode. So thanks for hanging in there. Todd, since you kind of got, since you went last, last time, why don't you uh, go first? All right, well, I went with, uh, we alluded to this a while ago, um, I went with Solo, 
Uh, this is not my favorite of all the films. We all decided none of us were going to do the best film uh, because it, it's so obvious. But I am a huge fan of Solo. Specifically, I think it's just fun. Like, to me, this is a movie where the more I've watched it, the more I've liked it. I've seen it four times now, according to Letterboxd. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, I think it's fun. It's a movie where the fan service doesn't bother me. We have agreed we're going into spoilers. There's two things that about this film that bother me. And pretty much everything else about it, I have to say, I, I pretty much like. The dark filter on everything uh, is horrible, especially yeah. for the first, like, 30 minutes or so. I get that. I wish it didn't exist. I don't disagree with you. If you have a problem with that, you're right. Yeah. And then the part where he says uh, that, <laughs> the part where he gets his name, although the part where he gets his name has started for me to become like that part where Vader says no in part in like episode three. The part where he gets his name is just it's so horrible uh, and just corny. But well, other than that, for the most part, the fan service that they put in there, even the corny fan service actually kind of makes me laugh. I find it charming, but uh, kind of interesting. Han Solo is a great character. And I think Alden Ehrenreich, I think that's how you pronounce his name, actually does a pretty good job. I think a lot of this hinges on if you think he does a decent job in the role. And I do. Uh, I think he's really good. And uh, I don't know. In general, I think it's a good movie. I have some more specific points, but I, I'd love to hear some of the detractors from this particular film. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I went into it wanting to hate it. I really did. And like, I don't even know if I wanted to hate it as much as I was just like, Dude, I tried to watch it like three times myself. You know what I mean? Like, I and I was just like, man, maybe I just don't. Maybe this movie sucks. And it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's great by any means for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I did find myself enjoying. Like I said, that train heist is rad. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's fun and exciting. And there's one shot that I really like. There's some stuff I didn't like in it that are just kind of nitpicky. Like I don't like all the CGI. I think that like um some of some of the CGI didn't look great for me. Like especially when they're going through what they call the mulch or whatever. I don't know the mulch, multi mulch, whatever the fucking flat part. Um, mm -hmm. and you see the Cthulhu elder god tentacle creature. It, it was a cool idea. I think some of it. That train sequence was exciting, and it was the thing that, like, got me to actually pay attention to the movie. Like, once I got to that part, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm interested, and I'm having a good time. And Woody Harrelson's fun. I like that guy. He could be in any movie forever. I'm fine with it. So. His character, Tobias Beckett, sorry, because this is one of the things in my notes, to me feels like a really interesting Star Wars character. I wish I could have seen even a little bit more of him. Woody Harrelson, I think, awesome. And, uh, yeah, I like it. I like the backstabbing. It contributes to the fact that, generally speaking, and this is hard for me to say, I don't mind that this is the backstory for uh, Han Solo. I think it's an, I think it's actually like a decent, interesting, fun, comic booky crime story. Man, I feel like I'm going to have the harsh take. Uh, well, uh, let me preface this by, I went into this movie sure that I wasn't going to like it, and I wasn't completely right. But there are a lot of things that, that rub me wrong about this movie, and I've made a brief list of those things. Can we can we go back and forth on them? Yeah, uh, one. And I, I'm, like, right in the middle, so, like, I'll, I'll probably we agree and disagree. 
we represent the full spectrum of solo fans. <laughs> yes. First of all, I really don't like that this movie starts with him stealing Leia's signature move, the thermal detonator thing from, from Return of the Jedi. I really liked that she came up with that on her own to save him, and I think retconning that felt really kind of... Your response yeah. to that? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. There's very there's very little I defend in the first like twelve minutes of this film. There's not a lot I defend in the first twelve minutes. Yeah, fair. Yeah. It being twenty twenty one, I just as soon as somebody says they're responding, I get nervous. I just <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be oh, no, harsh. No, 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 no. Uh yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned the solo getting his name, but there's also the scene where we establish, oh, Chewbacca, I'm gonna need something shorter for that. We really need that. It literally is the most useless scene in any movie I've ever seen. Really not. Yeah, it sticks out. Under, I think y'all are underestimating the power of adorableness. And that is where I go with that. A lot of this, I think, I think you're going to be right. It just depends on what approach you take to this movie, if that makes sense. Like, because to me, I find this scene strangely charming in that, like, the Hans, the solo A Star Wars Story fan service doesn't even pretend it's not fan service. It's just like, hey, let's take a quick break for fan service, and then does something silly. And I think I've just grown to like it. But I, I'll acknowledge it's cheesy. It's definitely cheesy and, and uh, not. So now I'm going to divert. I'm going to agree with Sam on the entire like train thing. I I love Tandy Newton and, and Woody Harrelson in like most things. So yeah, like I really liked their characters. That The train heist was good. Ron Howard doesn't seem to understand how either security at a, a gate checkpoint works. Because like once he, Han gets to the other side, there are no guards anywhere near, even though he's pounding on the door, which is a pretty sus sort of uh, move. But then Ron Howard. As you're arrested. Ron Howard definitely does not get how the army works when Han pipes up to his commanding officer in front of everybody and like that just flies. I think what I'm noticing is I think I am the least like attached to like the super specific logic of the film, if that makes sense. Like I do think of these as more kind of broad children's films where sometimes uh, like things that don't make sense completely as long as they could make more as long as the logic makes more sense to you at age 10 to 15 and can advance the plot in some way i see it as like fine you know like mm-hmm. in, in certain films um for for films like this so i think that's all i'm noticing i don't think you're wrong about like what you're saying i just think i take a different approach to it i, I think i'm it. with i'm with you too todd on that one actually up to a point I'm like, I, I agree. Like, you know, these are just meant to, like, I, I'm not going to get hyper, like, bogged down with stuff like that. Unless it's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, unless it, like, it literally takes me out of the movie. And there are, like, I actually had the same problem with the, the security door thing myself. I was just like, okay, so I guess they can't open it again. That's convenient. Okay, <laughs> moving on. I, I want to say uh, another positive thing about it, if I may. Um, Man, freaking Lando rocked in this movie. Um, oh, yeah, we haven't it, talked about him. Yeah. yeah. That's my biggest gripe, is if this movie was Lando, I'm on board, 100%. Donald Glover can carry a movie. I, I didn't dislike Alden Ehrenreich, but like there were definitely times where it felt like he was doing Harrison Ford, doing Han Solo. Overall, he, like, he was a good actor. More Lando would have definitely helped this movie. I actually, and I don't love L3. I kind of felt like the droid revolution. I think she was fun sometimes, and then other times I was just like, yeah, I got it. You just made like the same point like two seconds ago. Like, stop beating me over the head with it. 
Um, but for the most part, she was fun. I actually kind of like how there was like, because I, I don't know if you guys heard that like there was some thing online where um, and I'm blanking the guy who wrote Empire. Uh, Chris, was, was Lauren Kasdan? Kasdan? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was talking. They were like, so is Lando by? And he was like, sure. I guess if you want him, it's like it doesn't matter. You know, whatever. Sure. <laughs> so then the internet like Lando's by, and uh, I was like, okay because it's the internet so they kind of hinted at it but then like the only love he really shows is to his fucking droid well that's just it. like they, they thread this joke in she's like oh no we have a relationship and then when he goes out to yeah. save her you're like maybe lando really is fucking that robot like right. <laughs> yeah so I, but i i actually i liked all that lando was the shit and that all the cards the gambling scenes were really well done and i was like yeah. i found myself intrigued by the cards that was the stuff in the movie Really that was some of my favorite too the other thing that that really stuck out there was a monster squad-esque scene where like spice guardsman has narg as they're trying yeah. to escape <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love that and then woody house like that works or like i can't remember what he said but it was yeah really funny. yeah uh but yeah my, my biggest gripe with this movie like i like this movie overall like i'd say it's like a three-star movie for me out of five but my biggest gripe lies in the fact that I think that Bryce Dallas Howard makes better Star Wars stories than her father and is a better actor. Her episodes of Mandalorian were awesome. I feel like she did more with two single hour stories than he did with a over two hours single story. That's fair. My thing with Solo is I just love that it's like the story that has zero to do with the force or that it's a story that has zero to do with the force i think alden ehrenreich pulled off what is nearly impossible which is to make a non-objectionable imitation of, of of harrison ford at the very least lando's great i just i there's a i think there's a lot of great mo moments in this movie and i think grow in people's estimation over time i have a theory that part of this failed because of the culture wars that last jedi caused and yeah. everybody was like just worn out on star wars because there was such a fight about last jedi there was uh, definitely not the like, marketing push on this one either no no, no. so i think it's failure is not as much based on quality as it could. What's funny is I'm arguing hardcore for this movie, and I give this movie three and a half out of five, and Rich gives it a yeah. three out of five. I give but it yeah, a three but, five. Yeah, I liked it. Can I share a story about the marketing for Solo? Sure. So I live in Los Angeles, and this movie came out shortly after I moved here. And I went and had lunch with my boss. We were working on a job in, like, the heart of, like, Hollywood. And there's a Denny's off of Sunset right there. Like, there's, there's an iconic Target, whatever. It's like, it's a spot. Um, so I, I walked into that Denny's to have a lunch meeting with my boss. And they had, like, a Denny's tie-in, but they had, like, a commercial shoot. And they had, like, a press conference there, like, at the same time, like, while we were eating. So while I'm trying to discuss, like, budget, there's literally, like, a camera crew. And they brought in all these people to go to, the, to like, be on film, talking about how excited they are for Solo. It was nobody under 30 in the whole group and nobody was excited to be there and they all kind of had this like it was so weird it was one of the weirdest things i've ever seen in my entire life of just like a bunch of people under 30 holding lightsabers being like yeah i mean it's star wars i'm gonna see it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so weird i have one last note on this movie with the exception of the original cantina band performance has any star wars musical performance been anything other than terrible that is shitty i hate i was like <laughs> like musically it makes no sense yeah but, well yeah. like and he kept adding these performances when he went why like why are you doing this george who asked no, the solo performance is not good but i mean it didn't last too long so yeah 
still very watchable movie. Just I give everything a, a ton of bad notes just because that's just how I work. If I can give Sorority Babe at the Slime Bowlerama a pass, I can give Solo a pass for little minor things. So, <laughs> um, very generous. No, I like it. I, I think I think three or three and a half is a good where I'm at. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna go next because why not? We gotta get this train rolling. Uh, train. Hey, look at that. Um. So for my unless sorry Todd, is there anything else you wanted to say about? We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, I picked Return of the Jedi because um, I don't think it gets a lot of. I think as time has gone on, everyone kind of thinks of it as the less of the original trilogy, and they may be right. But also, like when I think back on my childhood and like when I think about Star Wars, there are things in Return of the Jedi that like come to mind almost first. One is like, I mean, it just has so many iconic things. And like, and I am a big Ewok fan. When I was a little kid, we all had stuffed Ewoks that were like every, like I have two older sisters. We all carried them around everywhere. We had called the Ewok films on VHS. Like there's two movies made that are weird as hell. Um, or one, was there one movie? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But like, like there's so many great parts, like the Jabba, um, Jabba's Palace on Tatooine is badass. You got the frozen in carbonite. You got the rain core. You got feeder bike so the feeder bike in the forest is one of the most exhilarating things i've ever seen in my life so so do you know how that was made sam the speeder bike scene they were just in the redwoods with a steady cam and they oh, yeah. overcranked the camera so yeah. that it, they can speed it up after the fact and it looks right the guy who did the the steady cam i'm dying like just trying to get this like little section done because it has to be <laughs> so perfectly smooth but man it delivered like that and the rancor like yeah there are a ton of iconic scenes in this one it's well acted i like i mean you can argue that okay leia and han at some point kind of just have to open a door to get it like that's where but like it doesn't matter they have gone through so much up to that point you know the only thing that is kind of cringeworthy and it's been made fun of a million times and it's always this goes back to like a systemic problem in star wars i don't know if that's the right word i should use but um is the family thing leia didn't need to be the sister you know well it's been talked about to death so i'm not breaking any new ground here but like other than that i mean man everything in this movie works I like the chicken walkers, the AT ATS. So there, there's a good question. Are you guys ATAT or ATST people? ATST for me. I'm a Star Trek fan and don't know what you're talking about. The walkers from uh, Empire Strikes Back or the two-legged walker from this one? Oh, two-legged walker. Yeah, I like. I like. Yeah, I'm. I'm a four-legged walker just because I know that the ATAT has somewhere for me to take a nap. The ATST is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I like watching the Ewok like kick ass with like sticks and like it has like almost like a predator. Like as an adult, I watch them like, hey, this kind of has a predator booby trap kind of feel to it. I dig, you know. <laughs> On a different podcast, we talked about movies that ruined our childhood, and I have to say, the moment when the Ewok dies oh, yeah. was like one of the most impactful moments of my childhood. Has and I'm be. not, yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's up there with when the horse dies in Neverending Story. It's like right in that category for me. So yeah, I get it. This film, when I rewatched it, I hadn't seen this in a in a while. This might have been one of the ones I hadn't seen in the longest time, um, and. My review was basically just like, oh, yeah, the first part is so good because the first part is great. You've got that escape and everything. And then, oh, yeah, the second part is so good because the middle is great. The training, like all that stuff. And then like, oh, yeah, the last part is really great as well. Yeah. Like, it's just a really good movie. The fight at the end is amazing. Like yeah. all the stuff with Palpatine. Uh, I will say this has my least favorite change made by Lucas, though. 
Is it the song? Is, the song is like in my top 10, but my least favorite is when they add the new to him oh, grabbing yeah. Palpatine because I genuinely remember as a kid having these feelings where it was like, oh my God, Darth Vader's grabbing him and he's not even saying anything. What is what is he thinking? What is he thinking? Like what? Is, and it was so much creepier, the concept yeah. that like, Darth Vader just grabbed this guy, didn't say a single thing, and threw him over the edge. But instead, you add no for who, for what purpose? <laughs> Why do you do that? Yeah. Like, I don't, it bothers me. It really bothers me. You know what's I funny? I didn't even think about that until after you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like, when he just, like, it's just acting on impulse. And then when he, like, lays down and, like, you see his skull through his, like, which is badass. Yeah, yeah. and you can see him kind of just being like did I just fucking do that I just threw my boss over a rail yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's living the dream <laughs> yeah. yeah no I I mean that at last scene you know the Lando that blow up of the Death Star and the escape out of it as it's blowing mm-hmm. up to the floor all, it's just so perfect it's got Admiral fucking Axar in it uh, that movie rock there's whatever little bit I have you know and obviously like not talking about the special edition or like the hating Christensen even afterwards added as the case goes um, I, I, I just, as far as when I was a little kid, that was the best one. Green lights, favorite, everything about it. When I, as I got older, obviously now I like, you respect Empire as being a perfect sequel and the first one for all its technical achievements. But when I, I was a little kid, it was Return of the Jedi. Hands down. I get it. I'm going to note at the top of this that I have this as like a four and a half star movie. I fucking love this movie, but like rewatching it, there are some things that, that you notice. One, another terrible CGI song. Um, yeah. Two, why does George Lucas hate Twi'leks so much? They get so much shit in this series compared to any other alien. The Twi'lek is who gets shoved down the pit to be eaten by the Rancor with the like head tentacles. They get shit on through this entire series and I, I don't quite understand it. Uh, we, we've got Boba Fett here proving that if you have a cool helmet, you don't actually have to do much. And, you know, yeah. some, some people say the same thing about the Mandalorian. Leia, Leia breaks the first rule of sneaking, which is look out for wind chimes. Don't run headfirst into a wind chime. Also, the physics of carbonite are confusing at best. Wow. <laughs> this movie has a lot of good ships, ship fighting. Uh, it does a good job of portraying, like, the sheer, like, scale of the Death Star. Because, like, the Death Star feels small in a new hope. It's big, but, like, this, it feels like a planet size. And, like, the last thing I have here is the end where, where Luke pulls off uh, the helmet on vader this is where george lucas should have spent his money going back and editing things and just put it in the harry chapin and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon <laughs> <laughs> uh oh uh, by the way uh yeah if you'd like us to have better music yeah, for this yeah. this podcast please send money to hashtag streaming celluloid send, send it to the horror podcast you're siphoning the money out of our podcast <laughs> that was cold sam <laughs> yeah uh, uh Hey, Rich, okay, so, Rich, what, what movie did you pick? I chose Rogue One because I'm basic. Uh, oh, so I, okay, yeah. Rogue One was recent. It was it was different from a lot of Star Wars movies. It didn't have a heavy portrayal of the Force that's arguable a little bit with Chirrut, but it's far less prevalent in this than a lot of the movies. There, there's just, like, a lot of things that I noticed re-watching it, stuff like that scene in the beginning where the Death Trooper picks up the little, like, toy Stormtrooper felt like a perfect are we the baddies moment <laughs> like oh we're, we might be shooting a child who's playing with toys of us uh, alan tudyk only plays one character and that's alan tudyk but yep. it's somehow my favorite character in any movie or show <laughs> 
Uh, and this one really nailed the the style choices. It did the future 70s look better than any of the other ones I can think of. The style looked true to the originals, but still like stylish and kind of futuristic. And like there's a ton of mustaches in it. Yeah, it felt very throwback. With like the, the hair and makeup and all that stuff. Oh yeah, everything kind of looked. And I think Solo did something. I need to ask an important question. That kid who's playing with the Stormtrooper toy, yeah, did Prop make a from scratch Stormtrooper toy, or did they just buy one at Target? Oh, they definitely made that, and then <laughs> got a note from Lucas. Hey, I can sue you for the <laughs> season desist. <laughs> George Lucas sued Rogue One over <laughs> rights to a Star Wars toy yeah. would be the greatest and most appropriate headline for Star Wars. In this movie, I really liked the plotline in Jeddah with Saw Gerrera. I felt like this movie made you understand how dicey and untenable shit is in the Outer Rim more than anything else for me. And this is, you know, this also struck back to what I said earlier, where the Jedi aren't coming in to save everybody. Shit's falling apart. The Empire is fucking with everybody. And it's, it's more downer, but it feels more real, especially for being a relatively recent movie. I actually want to touch on that. And... Uh... I don't like, like, generally, I like don't like the Disney, like, Star Wars movies have a lot of problems that run through all of them. But one positive thing I will say, and Solo did it, too, they're willing to kill their characters. Yeah. In these, like, non, like, the non-main trilogy movies. They're like, hey, man, don't get attached because we're, this is a one-off, so they can die. And it actually increases the stakes a lot. Like, because, like, if I'm watching, I know Chewie's not going to fucking die in a plane crash or whatever, <laughs> you know, or a whatever, like, thing. Like, so, like, knowing that, hey, man, Alan Tudyk is going to get shot. He's going to die. That's it. Well, and it it gives you more weight to all these people because, yeah, you know that they're not safe and you have to pay attention. Other stuff that that stuck out, or Todd, did you have something? I was going to say, no, just a random note. I guess I'm just dumb. I believed that Chewie was dead. (laughs) 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 The opening night I did. I really did. I, I, I was a sucker for it. But anyway, anyway, yeah. I think on Rogue One is, I just feel so uncultured saying this because I'm so embarrassed because it's the film that's made for adults. And I get that it's made for adults. And when I watch it, I feel like a child because I'm like, oh, this is so boring. Like for like the first roughly hour. And then I really do love the end of it. Like I love the third act. I think it's some of the best stuff that Star Wars has. But I, I think it was just, something about the way the characters are presented i really didn't get into them until the end um and that that's that's my issue with it but yeah i don't i don't want to shit on your um because this is your life and i'm not going to focus on negatives but i focus on negatives for both of yours go for it okay (laughs) i i I mean if we're gonna give this a star like i really do like the last you know what the 30 maybe even 40 minutes of it um i i still think this is a lower tier star wars movie for me and i think it's just there's, there's, I don't know. I, I, the first half, especially in rewatch, I've seen it like a couple of times now, and I, I can't even recap what happened. You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's, it's very, it's just not my thing. And, um, but I will say, so I like, if I was to give it a rating, I would give it like a two out of five. But I, that last bit, I mean, you want to talk about powerful. When I, when Vader was going through at the end, and I don't mean to take it off, but like people in our movie theater clapped. And I clap. And I hate it when people clap. And I'm like, be an adult and watch a damn movie. But even I was like, oh, I can't help it. <laughs> it was too fun. Well, like, there, there's... The last few minutes is amazing. 
There's a lot of fun in this movie, which is, I think, part of why I come back to it. Donnie Yen and the guy who played Baze, Chirrut and Baze is one of the best bromances, not only in the Star Wars universe, just in any movie ever. They're an awesome duo. Can name a better bromance that doesn't involve Seth Rogen. Um, I also like uh, Alan Tudyk's salty over-the-shoulder grenade toss. Oh, you don't need yeah, Maya. Yeah. Alan Tudyk. There are some weird things yeah, and choices that they make with this movie too. There's some stuff that also lock it into its time in real life. The the sentiment where Jin is, where she's like, I don't care what flag flies as long as I don't look up. That feels like such a 2016 sentiment to me, even, even in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Yeah. I also anytime that they show Darth Vader in the special uh you know chamber thing, all I can think of is like, what if that's like a fucking space hot tub and Darth Vader is pissed all the time because everyone keeps interrupting his me time. <laughs> that does that scene does have one of the most cringeworthy lines, which was the do not choke on your aspirations. I was like, even in the in the movie I went, ugh. Well, <laughs> Yeah, and, and there's definitely some poor choices made in this movie. Like, Ben Mendelsohn is a good villain that is utterly wasted in this movie. He is just yeah. a flapping cape for most of it. You see something like, have you ever seen Lost River, Sam? Mm -hmm. It's no. a mess of a movie. I like it. A lot of people don't like it. He plays such a good villain in it. Is so subdued, but just menacing. Sure. It, it just, it made me realize, it's like, I know that you can deliver better, but you did. Even uh, like, because he was in a Dark Knight Rise too right when he confronts Bane where he's yeah. like your plan didn't work I'm like hey dude this guy's awesome like he's kind yeah. of like he's not afraid of Bane he probably is but like I so he's a good actor he does what he needs to do you're right he's kind of wasted the, the other cool thing in this is that they, they include the story of Blue Team, which was really just that Blue Screen was created and before Green Screen. So that was why there was no Blue Team in the original Star Wars. But this movie goes back and kills them off so that like, oh, no, there was a Blue Team. They just didn't make it because they were being heroic. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. That's great. And and the real hero of the story is a space tugboat that just pushes a ship into another ship. I don't know. There's a lot of fun. There, there are some weird things for sure. One of the ones that stuck out the most was why do you have your meeting in the pouring rain right outside of a hangar where you could just go inside the hangar? Right. This movie does a, a good job because you can tell how you feel about characters when they die. If you feel bad yeah. when a character dies, that means that that was a well put out character generally. For sure. I agree with that. But yeah, that's all I got on this one. Like, I, I like it a lot. It's definitely not perfect, um, but it's it's up there for me. Yeah, no, it's a fun ride for sure. So I would put okay. this at maybe like a four. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, guys, I think we went on long enough about Star Wars. I guess it makes sense. We're three white cis dudes talking about Star Wars. It's going to go on for a bit. So thank you very much to everyone who hung out and uh, listened to all of this. And um, let's do our plugs. Todd, what do you got going on? Uh, nothing. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm Todd on Letterboxd. So that works. <laughs> I'm the first one who shows up. So yeah, I'm Todd on Letterboxd. You can do that. And uh, that's, that's it. Yep. Richard? I am also on Letterboxd uh, as the grumpy GM. All one word. <laughs> I forget that. I love it. Um, yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd as Sam Becker. I got just my name. And you can also find me on Twitter at BeckerSam. Um, also got my name, really adaptable. Um, <laughs> I'd also follow my other podcast, uh, Screaming Celluloid, um, for the more horror things. Um, uh, it, by the way, we'll have to talk afterwards. We're uh, doing February. We're doing all Nicolas Cage movies nice. for the month of February. So I might need some suggestions from you guys. Oh, so. definitely. 
But thank you very much. Um, yes, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.